I was really lost. And uh, I remember my uncle, he showed me a couple things. And yeah, I would just, I would go down there after school. And of course, when, so Chris, our singer, and I went to kindergarten with each other. So we grew up five years old, man. His dad was a great guitar player and, and mine too. So we kind of had a little bond there because, um, you know, he, he and I gravitated toward each other and went to school our whole lives. And when I was in seventh grade, I brought my drums to do a, a drum solo at the talent contest. Welcome to It Was All A Dream with me, Nathan. Today I'm joined by John Fred. If you want to introduce yourself, let people know who you are and what it is you do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is John Fred Young. I play drums for the band Blackstone Cherry. Amazing. So That's great. Was, always, um, was it always your dream to step into music? And uh, I know that you play drums, but did you always want to step into the music field of life? Well... I think as a as a kid, I was uh, very interested in music. I have a, a father who uh, Richard, who's a, a guitar player, and an uncle Fred, who is a drummer, and they play in the band the Kentucky Headhunters, um, very well known country rock band. And um, so, gro growing up as a kid, like I used to see them play and go to their shows, and so that was kind of the biggest, I think, inspiration for me um, seeing those guys and and you know it so it's always um when you're a kid i think what you're around is is it carves you out you know of, of what you're potentially going to do and and i as a young as a young kid i didn't really say oh you know i'm going to be a musician like my dad or my uncle but i think later probably around 12 i started um i was in school band so I played drums and um yeah i was I, I was talking to my dad and uncle and i was like man i gotta get a drum set and um I remember I sold a uh, antique pocket knife collection I had at a uh, at a gun show, and uh, my dad had a booth. <laughs> and I, I bought one of my uncle's um, old, very old Ludwig kits, vintage kit, and uh, he he was really reluctant to sell it, man, because <laughs> it was it was actually the um, um, uh, Black Oyster Pearl kit like Ringo had, and but it was like a '70s model. But I remember like. You know, he's, I think he just took like a couple hundred bucks and it, you know, it was worth a lot more than that, but he, he wanted to see me play. And so I, I set up, uh, at their, at their practice house, which they, like, we, we live on a farm down here in, in Metcalf County and my dad and uncle, when they were, uh, teenagers, they put their band together and my great grandmother, their grandmother let them practice in an old farmhouse down here, which is known as the practice house now. And yeah. so as a kid, like, you know, my grandparents lived down here and the practice house was here. So I was always running around, you know, on the farm and stuff. So I, I grew up in that house. And when I kind of wanted to play drums um, and got my kit from Fred, I set everything up down there and I had no idea how to play. 
you know, I, I had yeah. watched my uncle for years and years, but it was, it, you know, I didn't know if like, you know, if you were supposed to hit the hi hat more than the <laughs> snare, I was, I was totally had no, no clue. You know, it wasn't like, uh, I was, I was, you know, born with this, like, you know, a bit a ability to just like get into it. I was really lost. And, uh, I remember my uncle, he showed me a couple things and yeah, I would just, I would go down there after school. And of course, when, so Chris, our singer and I went to kindergarten with each other. So we grew up five years old, man. His dad is a great guitar player and, and mine too. So we kind of had a little bond there because, um, you know, he, he and I gravitated toward each other and went to school our whole lives. And when I was in seventh grade, I brought my drums to do a, a drum solo at the talent contest, which <laughs> was the biggest hot mess. I don't even know what I did. I just, just beat on stuff, you know? And I remember Chris came up to me and, and, uh, afterwards he was like, man, he was like, my dad's going to get me a guitar this summer. He's like, dude, we got to put a band together. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good awesome dude so <laughs> he didn't know how to play i didn't know how to play but we uh we went down to the practice house and we we sit there and i think we were trying to play hell's bells um maybe a skinnered song teen spirit you know 101 yeah and uh later like there was there was another guy in school that uh you know he he was in band chris was in school band too and he was like uh yeah i've got a bass guitar so he came down and jammed with us for a while. And, um, you know, it just evolved over the years. Of course, you know, Ben came in. Ben lived in uh, Glasgow, the next county over, which is uh, city yeah. over, Barron County. And Chris and I live here in Metcalf County, 10 minutes apart. So uh, Ben came down with a with a buddy of his one night when we were in high school. And uh, we were, you know, he picked up the guitar and we were like, man, this guy's really good, dude. So, we just put the band together the next day we were, I was 16. Chris was 16. It was, it was Chris's 16th birthday and Ben was still 15. So nuts, man, you know, 2001, June 4th. And, and that's kind of how we got our band together. I went on a rant there. Sorry. I do that. No, if you ask me, you're something, I'll just fine. <laughs> no, you're fine. It's funny. Cause I actually, I remember um, hearing the story about you taking the drum kit to the talent show and I was going to bring it up later anyway. Yeah. So you've already touched on it for me. Um, and you actually touched on um, one of my next uh, questions. It was uh, what inspired the dream? Obviously you mentioned about um, your uncle and your dad. So would you say, that they was a huge inspiration although you didn't have really the vision of being a musician as a child i mean i think it's a dream but it's an unrealistic dream when you're a child oh, you sure. know i i think that you know i i have to give my dad and my uncle fred a, a ton of credit because i would not be you know playing drums um and and i think that you know my my dad over the years, um, there was a lot of great guidance from him. He, you know, he would sit with us at the practice house when, when he knew we were really serious about it, when we were, you know, 15, 16 years old, he would come down and he would help us, um, you know, figure out how to write songs, how to structure songs. And I, I remember him and, and my uncle Fred would be down there all the time. And, uh, and Chris's dad would come and, and Ben's dad, Danny would come hang out and, and Steve. And it was just really cool. It was like, it was like having a baseball team and all the dads with the coaches, man, they would just come down and hang, you know, and 
course, we're, we're out in the middle of the country, so you can play rock and roll as loud as you want to. And, uh, yeah. man, we used to, like, I, I just remember in high school, we would, uh, gosh, we, we would get out of school, man, at, at like 2.45 and come down here, and we would be, we would jam all day long. And we would not, we would not get back home probably until like 11 or 12 and drag into school the next day and just be like, man, can't wait to get back and play. So it was, it was a, it was just a way of life for us. We, we didn't really have any other fallback, you know, we were just yeah. like, we're going to put a band together. But I think as, as, as your, your question, sorry, as a kid, I, I would go out with my dad and uncle on the road when they would have headhunter shows. And it was so cool watching them play, but it wasn't like, um, I, I don't think I, I really knew I wanted to be a musician until probably I was 12 or 13. And that was, that was the time where I kind of got my first drum kit, you know, Chris and I started playing together. And, uh, before that, it was just like, Oh, my dad and uncle are, are musicians, you know, and this is what they do. And this is cool, you know? Um, and as a kid, like, you, you know, if, if your parent, you know, does like, does something like that I, I don't think you ever look look you know it's just your dad and uncle you know that's that's how yeah. it is and so but but I, I knew it was cool um yeah but you know I think uh I didn't I didn't have I didn't have any other way around it man because I'm so highly influenced by them and and the music that they turned me on to as a kid you know my dad it's funny he uh he just brought me an album the other day um uh, CD actually we because I, I still listen to CDs you know and um, it was funny when I was a kid uh, his room he had this this awesome like big 90s stack up CD player you know and had the tape deck in it and he had an album uh, it was uh, Armchair Theater by Jeff Lynn and man that okay. album like really really inspired me I think I think not so much as a drummer, but I think a songwriter, you know? Um, yeah. And of course, Jeff was in the Traveling Wheelberries. But if, if you haven't heard that record, man, that's a great solo record of his. And it came out in 1990 or 91. But it was funny, my dad, we kind of lost a copy of it. And a buddy of his on the road, he, he said, man, I got you an album the other day. And I'm like, all right. And uh, it was an original Armchair Theater album. Wow. But he was always... You know, him and my uncle both were always like turning me and and the and the other guys on to different music that we wouldn't have heard as as kids. You know, yeah. Um, I know one thing. Like growing up, practicing in the practice house, I've said this a thousand times, but it's just an old country, you know, two story home. And but when you go in, when my dad and uncle were were teenagers, the place didn't have any any water. My dog is drinking. My my call. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> you doing, buddy? Uh, which they the, the place didn't have any any heat, so it had electric, but it didn't have uh, a stove or anything. So, or a wood stove. So, they would take albums and posters and and plaster them on the wall because a lot of those homes back in those days you didn't even have insulation. So yeah. that was kind of their way of like keeping the heat in, like when they'd use a kerosene heater and. Uh, but what it turned into is like you walk in there and there's like there's posters of, you know, Howlin' Wolf, Janis Joplin, Skinner, The Stones, you know, Lead Belly, all these cream, all these incredible artists. 
they kind of made a, a time capsule inside this house that, you know, un- unintentionally it was doing because they loved that music. Uh, all the all the old blue stuff, the Motown, early, you know, British rock, American rock. And so when we were teenagers and went in there, you know, I I, I was just kind of used to it because I'd seen it. But I remember when we were jamming, everybody was like, man, I've never heard of this band. So the Internet was still in like, you know, I don't know, it was like 2001, two, you know, yeah. era. But we were we were searching these artists and stuff up. So it, it was strange because we were. We were into all the heavy stuff like Metallica, Pantera, and and the newer stuff. You know, obviously Corn was huge and Limp Biscuit, and we were seeing that on TV. But then also we were rehearsing in a house that was like a rock and roll museum out in the middle of the woods. You know, going back to the '70s, so it was a really crazy way we were influenced as, as a band. You know, and and very fortunate, man, very fortunate to to have so much of that wealth of knowledge being that age and, and in that, you know, time period. Yeah. I mean, it's quite nice as well because I've spoke to some guests and they've, they've mentioned that they've had like the vision for their career mapped out from four, five, six and stuff like that. But then I've also spoke to people where they're like, I've been 13, 14. Like for me personally, I was, 17 18 when i started doing photography and stuff like that so i think it's nice to hear that like you don't have to have that dream so early like you don't have to know what you want so early on but like like yourself you know you you got your drum kit at the age of 12 and it just kind of clicked with you of like i'm quite passionate about this and before you knew it you're living it well i i think too it's it's crazy how you can be influenced at a very young age, but not really get into it until you're a a teenager. Um, And that's, and and then people, you know, there's people that are, that are 40 years old, 45 years old that pick up an instrument and within five years or any kind of, you know, uh, creative art that they're into or anything. You know, it's woodworking or if it's like working on trucks or it's playing music, whatever painting, and they become a professional within yeah. you know, a master craftsman of, of their art within, you know, four to five years. I, I read a study the other day and it was talking about if you want to be a professional or, or a, excuse me, you know, I don't know, anybody's professional, but, you know, a master at your yeah. craft, you, you need at least 10,000 hours. And I, I got thinking about it and I was like, there's 24 hours in a day. You can't do it 20. You got to sleep and eat, you know. But I was like, you know, if you really kind of broke the math down, I was like, that is a lot of hours, but man, if you just like get in the cabin and woodshed, if you're passionate about something, it, it's never too late to start anything, you know? And, um, but, but, you know, obviously if you got a, you got a head start on something, that's always better, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think I wouldn't even say you necessarily had a head start on, on the music career. Because, like you said, you got a drum kit at the age of twelve. You didn't even know how to work it. Like, yeah, do you know what I mean? So it's not necessarily even like you just had the surroundings around you, but you were so dedicated to learn that craft that you found sure. the like the answers that you needed. Oh, that's that. Um, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. And that, so, would you say that your Obviously, your uncle Fred and your dad are going to be up in this list. But 
who would you say your idols was um or heroes like that could be either musically or personal so so definitely my heroes would be obviously my dad and my uncle um but man growing up like my you know outside of my uncle being my biggest influence for drumming um number two is john bonham of course and that's just like you know that's kind of like a given you know he did he did so much stuff that it was just nobody nobody was playing like he did man nobody was doing those doubles and and just the power and he came from listening to to a lot of different stuff but i think that it, it was just the power and the energy of of what he brought was just so so um electric man and then, and then also like ginger baker mitch mitchell for me um who of course ginger was you know he played for cream and mitch mitchell was was with uh the hendrix experience uh yeah but uh and and of course ian pace and all the classic guys man i i i really gravitated toward them because i was introduced to them from fred he would put in you know albums and he was like you got to learn this man you got to learn that but also he turned me on to bernard purdy who was probably one of the greatest studio session drummers of all time. He, he came up with the Purdy Shuffle drum beat. And that was like, I remember watching that. Uh, there was a Hot Licks um, uh, instructional series that came out in the in the 90s. They were on VHSs. And I remember watching Bernard Purdy, like, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. You know, and it took forever to learn that beat. And yeah. it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's um it's, it's been a staple in the drumming community. Like everybody's like, Oh, you know, you got to play the Purdy shuffle, you know? But, um, and, and then there's, there's so many others too, man. Like Tommy Alders played with white snake, um, and Ozzy, of course, and black Oak. Um, but you know, I think those guys kind of definitely with, with Fred's guidance, um, those guys were some of my favorite drummers, you know, and, but there's just lots of other guys that are, that have come out in the last, you know, five years that are incredible man and i and i yeah. admire those guys and every every drummer now is on youtube and they've got you know they're they're doing incredible stuff so i always try to go back to those those old drummers that i that i grew up with but also you know i'm constantly you know seeing stuff on instagram seeing stuff on online of newer guys and uh yeah but i think you know my dad and uncle are definitely my heroes um but as far as you know i guess like rock drummer i gotta you know it's bottom man so funny i'll tell you a funny story so we were i was out uh i was out in um uh california for, for the nam show one year and i was i was doing a, a signing for the drum company and we took a massive photo um out on these steps and jason bonham was there and of course i was like i was geeking out man you know and uh i got got to meet him and stuff we were talking and and he said you know what what band are you and i was like I'm in a band called Blackstone Cherry. And he's like, well, cool. And we took the picture and he was standing, like we were on steps. He was standing right behind me. And, uh, you know, just all kinds of like superstar drummers, man. And I'm like, you know, this is back in 2009. So I, you know, I was like 20 something and just geeking out. But I remember I heard him over my, my shoulder. He was going, Blackstone Cherry. He was like, oh, man, and I, he kept saying it over and over. And I was like, what is he doing, man? <laughs> And uh, I remember he, he tapped me on the shoulder. He goes, man, I think I've got uh, I've got you guys on my my uh, uh, like iPod. It was like iPods at that time. Right. Yeah. And he was like, uh, do you guys have a song? He's like, no, no, I don't, I don't think that's that's you guys. And I was like, oh, 
crap, man. And uh, you know, I was hoping, like, oh man, maybe he really does. And it was funny because we started taking the pictures, and he starts humming this guitar lick, and I was like, uh, I turned around, and he goes, he goes, that's your old song, right? And I was like, yeah, man. That's. And he goes, what's the name of it? I said, it's a song called Please Come In. Uh, we just we just put out that album like, you know, year before last, and he goes. Oh, I love that song. He goes, man, he goes, that's such a great riff. How'd you guys think of that? And like, without missing a beat, I said, oh, we stole it from your dad's man, dude, straight up, like 100%. Like, <laughs> he laughed. It was so, it was so funny, man. But he, he was a great guy. But I had the opportunity over the years, man, to meet a lot of um, just wonderful musicians, man, you know. And, yeah. and that's one of those stories, you know, it's like you, you never think sitting in an old farmhouse like you know sweating to death because it's summer and there's no air conditioning and you're like looking at the wall and there's like led zeppelin posters you're gonna be you know 15 years later or whatever you know standing you know in front of the the guy's son going man i dig your band so it's funny how <laughs> stuff works out man so on that you've obviously that that was obviously quite a proud moment for you to oh, sure. have that that interaction and the probably the recognition from someone of like his, um, like stardom, I guess. Yeah. And that, w- what would you say has been your proudest moment in your career so far? Ooh, proudest moment. I, I, I know that. And I think about it all the time. Um, but when I asked, I always, always, uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm just losing you there. Um, yeah, you well. know, I, Playing, playing the festivals, like so, some of those massive festivals, doing some of the incredible headline stuff that we've done, you know, throughout the UK and obviously in Europe. Um, there's there's tons of proud moments that I know I have and I know that, that the other guys have too. Uh, but I think that, you know, as far as kind of like a one that goes on the mantle, I mean, I think the Royal Albert Hall was probably one we'd put up there. Um, you know, man, opening for for GNR or Guns N' Roses at Download that was that was one that you know you stick up there. Um, but I think that I think probably what I'm more proud of is the fact that we've when we have people come up and they're like, man, my my kids are starting a band because they like your band, and that and you know I'm like, oh man, or you get some young you know girl or guy that's you know you know, 16 years old, 17, 18, even younger, they're like, hey, I picked up this instrument because, you know, I love your all's music. Like, that's that's when you go, oh, man, okay. that yeah. we're, we're doing something. Yeah. Or when they're like 28, and they're like, hey, I remember you guys when I was in sixth grade, I was listening to you all. And then I'm like, oh, gosh, wait, no, wait, stop. <laughs> I have that a lot, you know. They're like, dude, I remember you guys on – when I when I you know I was playing Xbox and and uh you know SummerSlam and I had I had that and Lonely Train was on there in two thousand seven I was like oh that's <laughs> yeah, awesome. that's I, I was I was eight years old you know and they're like you know thirty now and you're like oh man that's been a minute okay that's the first time I heard you guys SmackDown versus Raw I remember that well it was SmackDown versus Raw wasn't it yeah yeah yeah. I remember that. I remember um, getting the game. It was on the PlayStation 2. I had it. And I remember hearing this song and I was like, wow, this is sick. And then um, I remember like, I see you guys at download. And then 
you guys was opening for Alterbridge in 2011 at Wembley. Yeah. And me and my brother brought tickets to come and watch you guys. Never even heard of Alterbridge. And that really like, we had we we had no clue who there was like knew knew of Creed um a couple of Creed songs but didn't realize yeah. it was Mark Monty but yeah no idea who Alterbridge was was watching you guys and that oh, then we man. watched Alterbridge and we was like Alterbridge are actually alright <laughs> oh but, dude yeah, we we were yeah. there to watch you guys so oh that's so um, cool dude that was it was a great tour man I tell you that that tour we did with Alterbridge that was uh man that was I would probably, you know, put that up there too, because, you know, it, we had, we've done a lot of festivals and a lot of headline tours and stuff, but, um, yeah, that, that kind of, when, when we, uh, were on tour with, with the guys uh, on that run in, in 2011, um, stuff started really heating up. I mean, we had done the arenas with Nickelback. We'd done the arenas with Def Leppard and Whitesnake before that in the UK. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, it felt like, oh, man, somebody really turned on the heat, you know. And we were on um, – that was uh, Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea record. So we had we had released that that year uh, or the year before, I think. But, but yeah, man, uh, so it's so strange. You, you know that going back to that, that uh, SmackDown versus Raw, what's funny is that came through. I remember uh, the company called us that were uh, – uh, working our our publishing at the time and and they were like hey do you guys you know want to um uh have the song this video game and we were like oh man that'll be cool and i remember dude you know i mean it like it it seems it seems crazy but um you you don't you don't really make a lot from from those type of of syncs right i mean it's like yeah because you're getting the mass exposure so i remember you know we were just like oh yeah dude we don't care if they pay us anything we'll just yeah just give them a song put them in there and that song, I, I meet more people um, that played that game and heard Lonely Train, and they're like, "Dude, I never heard you." Just like you were saying right now, yeah, dude, never heard you guys. And and oh man, I you know I, I played you know played that game, and and it's so funny. But now, how how old are you now? Uh, twenty eight. Twenty eight. See, I, I nailed it, didn't I? I was like, "Yeah, they're like yeah. twenty eight years old." They come up to you, they're like, "Man, I was eleven, dude." You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's so funny man but uh dude you're talking about like like ps2 and all that stuff so like as like i'm I'm 38 so we're 10 years apart and um i remember growing up you know i was i was born in 84 so like the very first console i ever had was the original nintendo the nes <laughs> right you know with oh man and i remember playing it and then you know i went to the super and it just kind of, I think I had maybe had a PlayStation one and I got out of it. I was, I think that's when like maybe 13 years old and it was all music. Yeah. It was just, you know, head first, you know, playing, trying to figure out how to play drums. And I, I remember there was this huge gap in my, like, you know, Nintendo nerd, you know, years. <laughs> I just, I didn't have anything. I, I didn't know what was coming out, the consoles, because we were just, like I said, so involved. And then we started touring and man, I remember Ben brought out um, Goldeneye for N sixty four. Yeah, dude, that game like we played that so much on our bus. <laughs> there were so many arguments and thrown controllers and people screaming at people because, dude, man, once you got that that golden gun or you know, it was just that was some of the <laughs> most fun memories on the road. And um, 
and it, it, it's so funny. I actually started, um, I started back in 2020, I started collecting all the old consoles going back and like going to pawn shops, antique stores, junk stores, and finding like all the old Xbox games, the PS2 stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I've, I've got this like, um, back where we, <laughs> at, at, in our house, uh, the, the bedroom where we, we recorded the record, I've got this like one room that's just like nothing but like it's stacked man with consoles and stuff so i've been finding them and uh, my wife's like what what are you doing you know and i'm like (laughs) i'm gonna start a youtube channel i'm just gonna sit around and play and review these old games you know so who knows but yeah it's amazing it's fun i did you know it's crazy though so going back to your your uh talking about uh raw i found that game the other day and i saw it and i'm like that's the game. That's the game we're on. Cause I never owned it. So I bought it for like a dollar yeah. and uh, it's so funny. I was like, man, now nah, I, you know, but yeah, man, it's, it's funny how a lot of, even like the Tony, like I remember there was a lot of stuff on Tony Hawk's um, like game, like all those games that like it had bands on there, like offspring and you know, stuff that yeah. like I, a lot of bands really got discovered that way, you know, through video games. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, like the Tony Hawk soundtrack to me is like is my childhood. So, like those like pop punk bands and stuff like that. Yeah, that's pretty like much no- like my music taste. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I was. Um, I was. Not, so, uh, I never. I never played uh, any. Like I said, I was kind of out of the gaming world at that time. So, like, I never really got to play. I played to- like Tony Hawk stuff later on, but. You know, there was like this whole thing where I had to ke- go back and learn, like when this, when did this game come out? And like, <laughs> man, like, so there's just like, it's almost like I hit my head. It was like playing, you know, Super Nintendo and then, you know, PlayStation One. It was nothing for like twelve years. So, but um, but yeah, the gaming world is is so massive, dude. Like, you know, it's it's incredible. It really is, and I I I think it's cool how there is, you know, there's still still bands you know being discovered i know a lot of a lot of stuff now is is uh you know it's more kind of soundtrack type stuff like there's a lot of yeah creative making music for in the gaming world that you know they're not like throwing like every new band on there anymore but but yeah sorry went off on a tangent man no, you're fine so you and the band have achieved mega success you know you guys have sold out arenas and You've done world tours. You've had like number one songs and huge albums. So, just with that success, how would you say you've achieved such great success, such like mass amounts? Well, I I think yeah, you know, first off, I, success is a wild word, right? So it, it means a lot of different things to different people, and yes. um what what success may be to me might not be to somebody else but i think just the the ability um the fact that we were so fortunate to be where we're from very small town um very proud to be from from that small town here and and also you know in glasgow edmonton glasgow um i think that the fact that we have people who man best fans in the world that follow us around and and dedicate their time to coming to shows that come out and and love the music we actually write you know that's like 
I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you really roll the dice when you put a band together, you know, yeah. and, and that's, uh, you have to believe in it as a musician, you know, you have to love what you're doing, the music you're creating, and you have to, you know, love the guys you're in a band with too, or, you know, girls you have to be a team, but to, I think, you know, the fact that we are still doing this after, you know, over 20 years now, band was put together in 2001. Um, it's crazy, man. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, we're, you know, obviously we've got a new record that's going to be released this year. Um, we, um, we just are, our singles coming out very soon. And you got ner- nervous, right? Yeah. Yep. Nervous. And that'll be coming out really soon. And of course we're, you know, we're, we're able to go put out those records. We have, you know, uh, a great record label that believes in us. And we've got a, a great, um, great road crew. Our guys, you know, been with us for a long time yeah. and they're, they're very supportive of us and, and take care of us on the road. And, um, you know, we got, we got a, a great management team that been with us since day one. Um, and our, and our families, man, we have a very, very strong, um, uh, family, you know, uh, our, our individual families. And I, I think, man, we're, we're just very lucky, very. And I, I, I give a lot of, of, you know, the, the credit to, um, my, my dad and, and uncle for helping out in the early years and, um, all our families, it takes it, man, it's, it's hard to, to, um, get to a, a point where you can, you can do what you love and, and go out and, and do it and um we're just man we're just very lucky and fortunate that people like what we do and they they dig the music and i i think maybe one thing why we're you know um of course we we started touring in in 2007 over in yeah. the uk over in europe and man nobody had ever heard of us i mean we were you know we we went with uh uh some buddies of ours in a band called hinder that were really massive okay. here in the states yeah. and at the time they had some big radio songs and they'd never been over so we they asked us if we would go support them and we said well yeah so we got over there and the promoters didn't even know we were supposed to be on the bill they were like are we supposed to pay y'all we're like yeah man <laughs> you know so but uh it went from doing that riding around in a little van you know uh to you know just we kept going back kept going back and here in America, we've, we've, oh man, we've toured with so many different bands and played so many, you know, places. And, and, uh, it's just, I don't know. I don't have a formula for it. The only thing I can say, if you're out there and you're a, you're a, uh, aspiring musician that, you know, man, if, as long as you believe in it and you think it's something that, that you love and you love doing, just stick with it because man, eventually, you know, you're going to, you're going to get a following. And, and now it's, I mean, I, I don't mean it's easier, but, you know, we put our band together um, before we had, you know, social media, man. I remember yeah. Facebook was still like a, a, like you had to, you had to have a, a college email address, right? To even have a Facebook account. That's, that's how, that's how many years ago that was. So we were, we we're putting flyers on cars and, um, you know, just doing everything you could and, and borrowing people's, you know, pickup trucks and, and cars to load equipment to go to shows. So, um, but I think, I think artists now, um, bands and, you know, singer songwriters, musicians, um, uh, 
you know, content creators, um, artists, you know, photographers, it's, it's, uh, it's not that it's, it's easier because you still, you still have to make genuine stuff that you believe in and hopefully other people will appreciate too. But I think that it's, there's some great tools out there now, yeah. you know, that you can, you can get your stuff out to the, to the masses, you know? Um, so, but yeah, there's, I don't think there's a, a, a formula that's perfect for everything, but I think just, you know, hang in there, hang in there like a hair in a biscuit is what they say around mm-hmm. here. So, okay. Touching on that note then about hanging in there. You must have had plenty of times where you've had knockbacks and nose in even in your early career, like maybe even when you were trying to learn a certain lick or a like or something like that. Has there ever been a time, even when you're on the road and you, you're missing family and you've got to the point where you're like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if this is what I want. If there has been that time, what made you kind of push through it to kind of stick with it? Well, I think when you're first starting out in, you know, a band that, you know, if you're, if you're at a young age, you, you know, you might be, you know, single, you might not have, you know, be married yet or anything with kids. So, I mean, that, that can make things, I think, easier in in the aspect of maybe, you know, being away from home and things like that. Um, Of course we, you know, we got kids now and obviously we're all, you know, married and, um, it's it's the, the only thing with touring that is is hard is it, for me personally it's just you know it's being away from my kids um i know i can you know that's that's just a given though man you know uh you miss them but also you know i, I gotta do this and i gotta feed them so yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> but i you know i think uh every, every band i think goes through hurdles and challenges yeah. we have you know we've been um I mean, dude, the list, we, we got a list, you know, of things, but I've, we, we've always been very strong to rely on each other and to really go, Hey, we're going to get through this, you know? And and we have, and that's, I think that's just a testament to our, our brotherhood and, um, you know, just digging in, man, digging your heels in and not, not, uh, not letting something stop you. I mean, you know, we've been dropped by record labels, you know, you know, it's, it's, it happens, you know, but, but I think, I think change is, um, when you can look at change with a positive attitude and go, okay, cool. This happened for a reason. You know, I'm, I'm a big, you know, believer in, in the universe, you know, does things for a reason. So, um, you just gotta, you know, like I said, dig your heels in and kind of go, you know, we're going to, we're going to get through this, you know, and maybe this was yeah. you know, it might be like a situation that, um, at the time, if you're, if you're in a band or something and something seems really hard and you can't, get something working the right way it's uh i always find out it's like if you're trying to go through a brick wall and you can't get through or there's a rock sliding your way you you got to quit looking forward and look to the left or right and go okay we're gonna go around this thing and i know yeah. that sounds so silly and elementary but this is the truth man it is you know there's always there's always a way to make something work if you've got if you've got your heart and passion set to do it yeah i think we often overlook that to be honest with you as as humans i think we always try to just battle everything head on where and i think if you yeah. sometimes you you're facing like you said that brick wall if you take that step back do you know what I mean you'll probably see footprints have already gone around the brick wall oh that's and, a good that's a good one yeah absolutely and that um so that that was quite a nice bit of advice you actually gave there so my my 
my second from last question is um to anyone watching that wanted to either achieve what you've achieved in some form of like creating a band or anything like that or putting out their first album um what advice would you offer them well i think that a good piece of advice would be if you're if you're a musician and you're wanting to put a band together um you know man just find some people that really have the same drive and and passion for for playing and yeah just get in get in some you know if it's your parents basement or a garage or if it's you know a shed you know wherever you got to go and just get in there and sweat together and, and listen to records and you know figure out what what all the stuff you guys like collectively and and make something really cool and different and uh and i think maybe don't be afraid to you know be different you know because that's yeah. what you know, all, all the greatest bands that i think we all love you know look up to those classic you know legends they they really didn't sound like you know they all were you know let's take you know sabbath and zeppelin and cream and skinner and aerosmith and all the greats and go oh man but they all sounded we all love them but they all sounded different you know and and um i think that's some good advice for for any young uh, aspiring individual no, no matter if it's music or anything i mean just if you yeah, if you love have a passion for it just just go for it man believe in yourself you know i know that sounds you know uh very yeah, cliche, it's true man because you you know i think uh uh you know you, everybody's their own hardest critic on their self you know and we yeah, i think true. human hey we second guess each other like dude we were making this last record i've done it every time where i'll play something and i'm like oh, you know like recording and i'm like dad gum it man i could do that better and like over my earphones, everybody's like, that's the take, dude. You nailed it, bro. That was great. I'm like, no, guys, no, I messed it up. And so it's it's um sometimes you're you're, you know, well, it's like I, I think probably some artists, some you know, painters and things like that, you know, that probably have pieces of work that they go, Oh man, I can't believe I painted this. This was three years ago. This is terrible. And then somebody's, yeah. you know, next thing you know, somebody's going, Hey man, how much would you sell that for? You know? Yeah. So it's always every individual has a different set of eyes and, and, you know, we could all hear the same song or we could look at the same painting, but we're going to interpret that different, you know, or have different feelings. So, um, yeah, just get a, get a bunch of good dudes or gals and put a band together and, you know, go get a, yeah. go get a van and dude, just go rock and roll, enjoy man. It. And enjoy it. Yeah. That's above all, you got to enjoy it. Like I think that, as, as you grow as a musician, right. And you, you have a band one, one thing that, you know, as you, uh, the years go on, you, you learn that, you know, Hey, th th this is a business too. And we got to, you know, take care mm -hmm. of the nails and things like that. But at the end of the day, like, I, I know I can say this for us guys too. When you walk on stage, it's like, man, that hour and a half, that's, or that hour, or, you know, however long you're playing, that's like, <laughs> dude, that's the, that's what, you know, it's what you do it for. And the fans are out there having a great time and you see people, how the, the music, you know, affects them. And that's, that's a, that's very, very, um, uh, amazing feeling, you know, be, being, you know, somebody in a band that's created something and people like it, you know, it's very humble. Yeah. A hundred percent. It must be amazing. Like 
and for you guys especially, like you mentioned earlier, about um, coming over to the UK for the first time, not even knowing that you was on the bill, to then yeah. coming back last year, I want to say it was, last year, maybe the year before now, it's gone so quick, um, and selling out the Royal Albert Hall and having the entire Royal Albert Hall singing your songs back to you. Yeah, it's amazing, man. It really and is. What, watching that transition for, for you especially, like being able to go in from stood in a, a barn with Chris as he's telling you that he's about to get his first ever guitar to then seeing him stood up with a guitar, like probably a signature model, stood on the stage with, I don't even know how many the Royal Albert seats, probably 20,000 maybe 16 or something like that but those that amount of people singing back to him a song that you guys have written together must must be a, like a, a like a tearful moment for you oh 100 percent, man especially when he did things my father said and and you you uh you know i i, I think uh, yes that that roy albert hall show will go down in history like i said put that on the mantle man because it'll yeah. always be in a, you know i remember walking in that first day of sound check and i was like okay i was like man this is different you know and yeah. and uh but it was a but great no, dude i think every, everybody felt that way and yeah. um yeah but i i tell you man it does kind of it, it is mind-blowing at times because um music music is a powerful powerful thing yeah and we've had people over the years tell us that what songs meant to them and how it helped them and you know um that's probably of you were asking me earlier what what's the proudest moment. Um, it's it's not a moment, but I think I know I can speak for the other guys too. Is when you have people come up to you and say, "Hey, man, this album got me through this. This song helped me, um, you know, build back a relationship with somebody. This song gets me through the day." That's the stuff that you go and <laughs> we're the music is a lot larger than you know what we are you know and 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 you you never understand how impactful a song can be to somebody's life not not just background noise that oh it's it's playing at a bar and everybody's dancing having a good time that's incredible but when it really reaches down deep and it it you know changes somebody's life you know that's a it, we kind of look at that like man that's a that's a huge responsibility you know as as a musician and you go man so we we are indebted to to people that that have are amazing fans that have been following us for years and years and you know so i think those are the greatest moments when you have when you have moments like that when people you know tell you those those amazing stories about your music yeah that must be a, a quite a surreal moment 100 percent, yeah yeah because i mean uh, that you, you never know when you're when you're writing a song what what it's going to transform into and then you know i've heard you know, Chris and Ben say too, it's like you, you write this song and you kind of, you know what it means, you know, to you. And we were just, we were all four sitting on the bus, Steve, Chris, and Ben and I, we were like, you, know, you were talking about songs maybe a couple of weeks ago. And they were like, you know, it's funny. You can write a song and, and you, every band member can have a different feeling, you know, how it makes you yeah. feel. And then when you play it or somebody else hears it, it's a total different meaning, you know? Yeah. And, and that's why, like, I, I think it's funny we get interviewed about songs, like, what, you know, what is the song, you know? And, and sometimes it's, it's, it's like, well, I, I know what it means to me, but it's like, it's for 
for everybody that hears it really to decide, you know, that's kind of like, <laughs> that's kind of like uh, when your best friend goes and watches like, you know, the newest, coolest movie that's out and they, they like come and tell you like, dude, and this is what happened. This is what happened. You know, I was like, dude, don't spoil it. Let, let me, let me make my own decision, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's funny. I just want to touch on that. Actually, something you said, and it was about the Royal Albert Hall show. And I know that was quite like a, um, one of your proudest moments. Can I just say it was actually one of my proudest moments too? Um, because a number of reasons. One, you was one of the first ever bands that I ever listened to. Um, and that, and I remember one of the first things I ever bought was a, it was a guitar pick necklace with your, um, your album cover on from your self-titled album. And it was like a little necklace that I used to wear all the time. And that, so I'd been a fan of you since I was a teenager and that, and then when I got the text from Mike, um, about like joining you guys, I, I replied so fast, so fast. And, uh, and, uh, I text my brother instantly and I was like, like, yo, look at this. I'm, like, I'm going to go work Blackstone Cherry. And that, and then not only that, it was actually one of my first ever paid gigs. I think it was probably the first paid gig that I'd ever done with the music industry as well. And that, which really? like nearly, nearly after like 10 years of doing photography and that it was, yeah, that was one of my first ever paid gigs. So that oh, was wow. a proud moment for me to a, ever first ever get that like recognition and paycheck, but then B, be sharing that moment with a band that I idolized when I was a teenager. So. Well, let me tell you that, that, that means a lot, man. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, Dude, that's so cool. I know exactly what pick necklace you're talking about, too. <laughs> I do. I remember we, when we made we made those up. And uh, no, that's so cool, dude. I mean, man, thank you. And tell your brother thank you, too. I really appreciate that. And then just last question now is um, it's a bit more of a fun one. At, like, has there ever been a song that you've heard and you've gone like, oh, shit, I wish we wrote that song. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, like all the yeah, time. So what's the What's the one song that you've like? It could be Adele. It could be something really random. I know you guys done a cover of an Adele song, and it was incredible. It's one of my favorite songs. So, and thank you. No, that hey, are you kidding? Rolling deep. I wish we wrote that song. We did that at download. You know, we yep. were talking about when the the same year we we did uh uh the tour with Alter Bridge. That was. Man, if I'm not wrong, that was 11 too. That was when we played Download in 2011. And uh, I remember Chris, man, he he was like massively into Adele and, and still yeah. is. But I remember he was like, dude, man, he's like, we just please work this up at Soundcheck and like just try this. And we were like, all right, cool. All right, cool. So we did. You know, I don't think anybody at Download expected us to play that song. You know, that came out of left field. I man. remember watching that. I remember watching it live. And I, I used to go back because somebody recorded it on um, and put it on YouTube. I used to yeah. listen to the live version. And it was filmed on the worst phone. Audio was blown I, out. And I was like, I've just got to hear that version. It was so cool. <laughs> I, I, this is so strange. But I actually just played that video you're talking about. It was kind of like from a side, right? From yeah. like yeah. Ben's I played it for my, my oldest daughter the other day because she was talking about Adele and uh, I, Roland and Dave came on. I was like, Hey, I was like, you like that song? She's like, yeah. She's like, I love it. And I was trying to, I was tell, telling her, you know, who, who, uh, who sang it and everything. And we were talking. I was like, you know, uh, I was like, we, we did a version of that song. And she was like, 
what? I'm like, yeah, 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 let me pull it up. So I pulled it up on YouTube and I'm, I'm playing it, you know, and uh, it's just, it's, oh, the, the audio yeah. is terrible. But, and she's watching it and I'm like, what do you think? And she's like, I like the other one better. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, well, okay, yeah, I get it. I, get I, it. I, I discovered it. Um, I discovered it that uh, it's actually on Spotify. There's a, there's a version you played it live and it was recorded. And it's um, there's a live version of it. That is so, really cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll try and find you the link and I'll send you the link. Yeah, send me send me the link, man. That's I I don't think I've heard that. We we did get a so so the professional company that was filming for download. They, I mean, I always film and you know out yeah. front. We uh we did get a copy of that, and I I've got oh, a nice. copy of that. I don't know if that's up on YouTube or not, but that's like that high. You know, that was a professional high grade they had the you know booms yeah. and stuff out but uh yeah downloads it man that's just a fun time i mean i remember we did we did the the uh direct sport for guns and roses back in 18 and man you talk about nervous oh my gosh like that was a lot of people that day man and we, yeah. we I, think, I was in the crowd that day as well it just went it, back and back and back dude unreal unreal but now we've had we've had some amazing opportunities and 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 great memories i mean all over the the place playing at festivals and the, the tours you know and but um you know it's it, we always say this too it's like if there's 50 people in a club or there's fifty thousand people in the audience we're gonna put on the same very show that that we do you know and uh there might just not be enough room on stage but we're yeah. going, you know, we're going, we're going to do it, man. But no, it's all good, man. It's it's crazy. It just keeps rolling, you know. We keep we're we're lucky to to be doing this and um, you know, just making making more music and that's that's why I, I was going back to what you said, man, about the Robert Hall. Like that's so crazy, man. Like you're uh one one of your you know more memorable gigs was the the Hall and and look that is. I'm glad you were there. That's the first night we got to meet too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah man. It, it was, it was a very cool moment. Um, but no, I, I mean, I can't thank you guys enough. I mean, I've been a fan, so it's really cool to have you not only as friends now, and I look forward to seeing you guys when you're back over here in July at the festival. Um, but as in like to be able to have you on as a guest here and just to have like your stuff on my wall signed to me and stuff like that, you know, um, it had some great memories, so I appreciate that. Hey, hey, that means a lot to me and, and us. Thank you. Thank you, Nate. Really appreciate that. Thank you for tuning into this episode of It Was All a Dream. We appreciate your time and support. We hope that you enjoyed the episode and you feel inspired to achieve your dreams. Be sure to give us a follow on social media. We're on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter, where you can contact us and stay connected with us if you have any feedback on the episodes or guest recommendations. Be sure to stick around after this to see what's upcoming in the next episode. Thank you. Uh, so I'm Jack and I run the little clothing brand, Modern Streets. And yeah, it's inspired by punk rock culture and we're still going and that's the, that's the important part. So. <laughs>